Bluecliffe Record, case 86. Yun Men's Bright Light. Uh, please sit comfortably. Yun Men gave instructions saying, everyone has their own light. If you want to see it, you can't. The darkness is dark, dark. Now, what is your light? He himself answered, the storeroom, the gate. Again he said, it would be better to have nothing than to have something good. Last night, moving room to room, this light on, this light off, uh, we carve our dwelling place. Just as this day carves us, our light, our shade. A little bit of family history. Uh, Yun Men Wen Yen uh, flourished in the early 10th century and died in 949. He was enlightened in an encounter with the severe old teacher Mu Chao uh, Daoming. In that encounter, Yun Men got a broken leg, but he got enlightened for his comeuppance. Uh, the story goes that uh, Mu Chao was living in retirement. It's a beautiful story because he used to bake sandals um, for, um, because he, he lived very close to a route which monks travelled from monastery to monastery. So he would make sandals and he would leave them out. Um, you know, for at a particular bend in the road, where I guess sand, uh, sandals were wearing out by that point for lots of monks, and so they come round the corner, and there, graciously, is a pair of sandals for them. And it reminds me of those beautiful stories from childhood, the children who leave um, little gifts and that. I'm thinking of Easter egg hunts. It's not quite the same thing, but that thing of leaving uh, an Easter egg here in the garden, and then something else for their friend to find, and something over here. Um, yeah. It's said that Mu Chao could tell the disposition of a student from the sound of his or her footsteps. When the student got close, Mu Chao would slam the door shouting, There's no one here! <laughs> um, uh, or if the student managed to get in, he would grab them and shout, Speak! Speak! Completely in the student's face, completely formidable. On his third visit, as soon as Yun Men knocked on the door, Mu Chao called out, Who's there? Yun Men responded, Me, Wen Yen. As soon as Mu Chao opened the door a little, Yun Men bounded in. Mu Chao grabbed him and demanded, Speak, speak. Yun Men hesitated and Mu Chao pushed him out. Yun Men still had a foot in the door when Mu Chao slammed it, um, breaking Yun Men's leg. As Yun Men howled in pain, he was suddenly greatly enlightened. He settled down as Mu Chao's student for the next three years. Yun Men was prodigious as a teacher, had some 60 successes. Uh, his line lasted until the 13th century when it was absorbed into the Lin Chi line, one of the two major lineages that comes down from China through Japan to us. 
Yun Men's sayings were recorded against his wishes uh, by his attendant, who dressed himself up in a paper robe and wrote down the master's words. This is one of the reasons, apart from Yun Men's sheer genius as a teacher, um, why he is the biggest contributor to the hundred counts of that profound and brilliant collection called the Blue Cliff Record. You know, he was deeply original as a teacher in his approach, and yet at the same time, um, he used the sayings, he's the first to use the sayings of ancient teachers as part of his Khan, so there's a kind of a, a conservative impulse within that uh, um, ferociously original approach. And here's one example. Here he takes up the words of Sen Chao, a Chinese Buddhist philosopher who lived from 384 to 417. Yun Men said to the assembly, within heaven and earth, in the midst of the cosmos, there is a treasure hidden in the body. These are the words of Sen Chao. Within heaven and earth, in the midst of the cosmos, there is a treasure hidden in the body. What is that treasure? You know, it's not a matter of, uh, it's not a matter of the senses. It's not, the senses are important, but it's not a matter of the senses. It's not a matter of knowing in, the, in that sense. Um, you have to move beyond those two notions. What is the treasure hidden in the body? Then he goes on. This is... Uh, men. Holding a lantern, it goes towards the Buddha Hall. It brings the great triple gate of the monastery and puts it on the lantern. Wow. Uh, Yunmen's also known for his one-word teachings. Monosyllabic exclamations as forceful as a falling rock. Um, so someone asked, uh, what is the straight path to Yunmen? Yun Men is both the name of the teacher and the name of the mountain. What is the straight path to Yun Men? He's replied, Chin, which is intimacy. And he's not saying you've got to be intimate, you know, you've got to both practice and that and working on your card, you need to become intimate. It's not like that at all. It's not an injunction in that sense. It's just intimate. Nothing clinging to it. No good advice, no take-home message, nothing of that, right? Just intimacy, like. A monk asked, uh, why is it that one cannot become a monk if one's parents do not allow it? Yun Men said, shallow. The monk said, I don't understand. Yun Men said, deep. Uh, monk asked, uh, what is Buddha? Yun Men said, next question, please. Point is, did he answer the question or not? What is Buddha? Next question, please. You get the flavour of this. Not teaching at all. Not teaching at all. Sometimes he's much more expansive. Um, what is the roar of the earthen ox on top of the snow ridge? Question from the monk. 
in memory of God. Heaven and earth darkened red. Beautiful. It's abusive to call it poetry. Yun Men gave instruction saying, uh, this is the case. Uh, everyone has a light. If you try to see it, you can't. The darkness is dark, dark. So, what is your light? To ask uh, what is your light is to ask uh, what is your true nature? Uh, who are you really? Who is real you? Um, who, is, who are you really without your name, occupations, roles? Uh, letting go of all of that uh, sense of identity, uh, social formation of who you think you are. Letting go of that. Who are you really? In a way, true nature is hidden. It's an inside story. At the same time, it hides in plain sight. Um, yeah. Who are you? What is your light? Yeah. He says, everyone has their own light. You can see how generous all of this is after all these monosyllabic kinds of things. He's, you know, this is generous late afternoon feeling about the whole thing. So it's just, well, well, everyone has a light. Well, what is yours? You know, this is the, this is the sweet democracy of the way. Even an earthworm has the light. Even a microbe. Atoms have the light. You have the light. I have the light. No one's special prerogative. Prerogative. Yeah, you may think that it is remote, but your light is already you sitting here in the after late afternoon. Oh, sorry, oh, mid-afternoon. It's easy to lose track of time. Your first thought of starting out on the, on the journey of the way is already lit. In terms of your true nature, who is hearing that? All of this is far removed from seeing and knowing. If you see, there is someone who sees, there's the act of seeing and there is something which is seen. If you know, there is someone who knows something which is known, and the act of knowing. All this falls away. Shita Sichuan, in his uh, poem, Accord on Investigating Diversity and Wholeness, um, makes a similar point. He says, if you try to see the way, you can't discern it. Although you travel the path, you do not know it. Advancing, you are neither near nor far. But when you are lost and separated, the realm is secure. It's beautiful. I mean, it speaks so compassionately. When you are lost and separated, the way is secure. 
you know, when you're sitting there tired and trying to keep track of your calm. You know, why am I doing this? Why? Well, what is it again? Who, who, who hears? Well, okay, the way in that very fact of the matter, the way is completely secure as that. You know, he says, if you try to see the light of your self-nature, you can't. You know, trying to see your own light is like the sun trying to shine on the sun. Or like the eye trying to see the eye. Uh, uh, that's E-Y-E here. Like the eye trying to... Well, the, it works both ways. Okay, It's like the eye trying to see the eye. In fact, you sit your own light, you stand your own light, you lie down your own light, you die your own light. Your light doesn't die, you just die your own light. That's the very fact of your humanity is light. So then human shifts his weight onto his other foot uh, painfully because that old leg, uh, that old leg trouble is still troubling. And he says, the darkness is dark, dark. So. And this is the boundlessness of true nature that rolls back forever. Uh, darkness in the Mahayana evokes the groundless ground of who we truly are. Uh, you know, and in our tradition, the, the black of our clothing represents this undifferentiated timeless uh, source. The darkness is dark, dark, but also charged with possibilities, radiant with potential. And Robert Aiken expresses it. It is the unknown, the unnameable, from which and as which all beings come forth, including you and I. I am because you are, you are because, well, you are because this is, if you okay? This is the middle way. Who are you right now? Yeah. This is codependence in its best sense. We talk about psychologically about codependence, but this is good. This is very good codependence. You can't. This is unbeatable. Codependence. The image of darkness evokes a place of no coming and no going. In a way, uh, we come and go in the place of no coming and no going. Uh, like this, you deepen the matter, and true self uh, emerges, shown at least in some sense of egoistic attachment and grasping. Recently Nick Arnold and I uh, were in conversation and uh, this is no coming and no going. We were in conversation and I told him the story of what happened when the Hilton Hotel chain bought the Palmelia Hotel in Mill Street back in the 1970s. At that time I was playing piano in a quartet in the hotel's garden restaurant. 
In spite of promises made uh, to the contrary by a smiling Hilton exec, staff who in many instances had worked in the, at the Palmelia for 20 years or more, including the maitre d' of the restaurant, were sacked. Um, and the, the exec gets up and says, this is a fantastic hotel, we love what you're doing here, we truly love what you're doing here, and uh, we have no intention of making any changes whatsoever. Um, but of course it becomes a little bit like Stalinist Russia, you know, one after another of the staff uh, disappear over the next two or three months. We're all familiar with this stuff. Uh, but maitre d' is a really interesting notion here. It's short for um, um, maitre d'hôtel, which is French for um, ma master of the house, which is to say head waiter, host, waiter captain. The maitre d' is the one who manages the public part or front of the house of a formal restaurant. The responsibilities of a maitre d'hôtel generally include supervising the waiting staff, welcoming guests and assigning tables to them, taking reservations and ensuring that the guests are satisfied. Challenging work. I remember vividly that night, a night when a businessman at the table of businessmen in front of the bandstand um, and we could hear the sound of rummaging like this. Uh, rummaging for something in his inside breast pocket um, he tumbled backwards off his chair onto the deep red thick pile carpet. Uh, the band leader, the guitar player, Ray, said, just keep playing. Uh, it's a wonderfully professional attitude. Uh, just keep playing. Uh, and it's interminable. You know, you, you play and you play and all this uh, futile action is happening. Um, you know, the waiters rush in a shoji uh, screen to try and screen off the body uh, of the man. Um, and the maitre d' uh, gave mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. Uh, patrons no more than three feet away, affecting not to notice, burrowed deeper into their lobster mornays. As we were leaving the stage, the burnt-out old bass player, um, he was about 55, I was about 20 at the time, I think, he said... Um, at 17, he'd been a fighter pilot in the Battle of Britain when the chop rate was at its highest, and he remarked, we really killed them, that set. <laughs> it's, um, yes. Um, even today, I wonder what was the last tune the businessman heard in this life. Was it more? Um, remember the, those ballads from the 70s? More than the greatest love this world has known. This is the love I give. I, I wish when I was trained in Zen that I had a better voice to sing these songs. Uh, easy on the piano, difficult to sing. And the other one was uh, whether it was more or cabaret. Um, remember the chorus line? Life is a cabaret, old chum. Come to... So, so, yeah, like, this is all, we're playing away. And I was wondering, you know, what was the last tune he heard while he was alive? And I will never uh, forget the last long look he gave me. Yeah, everybody has a light. And in the face of that last long look, uh, what would be your light?
the maitre d' in due course was sacked along with many of the other staff there. When I finished my story, uh, Nick asked me, where did all the mat old maitre d's go? And uh, I am ashamed to say it took, takes another night or so for me to realise what the true import of Nick's question. He said, where did all the old maitre d's go? And I said, and I rabbited on you because I'd have special knowledge about this stuff, I thought. You know. So I was saying something like, um, um, I went on to speculate they might have got employment at other expensive restaurants such as Louis, which was in the Lawson building on the corner of Sherwood Court and the Esplanade and where it was rumoured that General MacArthur stayed secretly when he was coordinating US and Australian forces against the Japanese in the Second World War. So I went on to tell all of these stories about different hotels and restaurants and that. But as I was lying down to sleep uh, on Wednesday night, I realised that I hadn't risen to Nick's challenge. And uh, today I want to make good this is all I seem to do as a teacher these days, is to try and make good for lost opportunities. Um, it's meant to be instantaneous, but sometimes it just ain't. And uh, uh, so, um, uh, so the question that Nick asked, where did all the old maitre d's go? Thank you, Nick. <laughs> and what a great car, and where did all the old maitre d's go? I just want to return momentarily to Shitao's uh, poem, um, A Cordon Investigating Diversity and Wholeness. It's a terrible long title, I can never remember it. Um, but the poem is beautiful. And the lines are, there is dark within the bright, but do not meet it as dark. Within the dark there is bright, but do not view it as bright. Bright and dark mutually correspond like front and back foot walking. So, you know, uh, bright is the, the particular. The candles on the altar, the flowers, uh, Phil, Carl, Jarrett, Nick, the children. Mm. 
Uh, the dark is the all-encompassing source of that. So, you know, we treat them as separate, and Yunman tends to through his metaphors, but actually they, uh, it's bright within the dark, dark within the bright, just the dark, just the bright, the dark as the bright. And we walk this effortlessly in our lives. I mean, it all sounds paradoxical and contrary and impossible and that. And yet, we, we, in our least outbreath, um, it's all there together. All this fuss about contradiction and paradox. We effortlessly live the contraries of our lives. No problema. All contradictions, swift, slow, sweet, sour, a dazzle, dim, disappear into a single outbreath, or into closing your eyes last thing at night, opening them in the first light of morning. Um, each of those completely adequate. Um, no contradiction disappear into. Yun Men said, the darkness is dark, dark. Now, what is your light? Yun Men's students couldn't respond, so he answered for them, the storeroom, the gate. Yun Men sensed that his monks might cart the storeroom, the gate around as something good, or as a good teaching. We're always after something good. However, there's no take-home message from Yun Men's Taisho. He said it would be better to have nothing than to have something good. You know, nothing points where we have already been to the darkness of that uh, source, that ever-welling source. At the same time, you'd be better off to have realised nothing than to cart round Yun Men's words as something good as a good teaching, as a realisation. Nothing to carry here at all. And it's already completely sufficient uh, right where you are. So then, uh, what is your 